am I ready? Live from the basement of Voodoo Sound, it's time to get your mojo working. I got my mojo working, but it just won't work on you. Take the next 40 odd minutes to get your hands on some tips and tools that will get you working at your best in both your business and your personal life. Here's what's on the show this week. Welcome to episode one of the Mojo Radio Show. This week, we talk to CEO of the Performance Clinic, Andrew May. Gary takes a look at a book about the man behind the man behind Apple's success. Plus, we've got much more lined up, so don't go away. Gary, it's all yours. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Mojo Radio Show. It's the show about hoping you get your mojo working. Now, if you've got it working, how do you keep it working? If you don't have it working... How do you get it working? And we're all about talking to the best of the best, things that we find people and things we find interesting that we can share with you to help you make sure that in every part of your life, whether it be health, fitness, creativity, work, leadership, strategy, whatever it may be, stuff that we think can help you make sure your mojo is working to the best of its ability. And with me here in the studio, the man behind the panel, Robbo, how are you doing today, buddy? Going really well. And you? It's going uh, pretty sweet, thank you. I love that uh, that intro. Um, who's the band? Uh, you've got me there. <laughs> it's gone out of my head. <laughs> I think, I could be wrong, but I think it's the Bellhops. I was going to, you should know that because I found it on your iPhone. <laughs> where my iPhone is. <laughs> That's right, it's here. Mate. <laughs> when Telstra call and say something about the bill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and porn. Um, <laughs> I, um, just quickly, before we bring our guest on, I uh, I love what you've done here in the basement at uh, Voodoo Studios, <laughs> the lava lamps and the, the, tiger, like the, ca- <laughs> the tiger skin couch. That's cool. Do you, do you like the couches? I do like the couches. I tell you, I get you some, but I can't. I went to my mate's place last night for a beer. And they were sitting on the sidewalk. <laughs> See, Perfect. Yeah. So you beat the council and beat the rain. Oh, mate. Why not? First in, best dressed, I reckon. <laughs> I like what you've done with this. Nice. <laughs> Do you have anything in news and views for this week? Oh, look, I, I've been searching the web high and low, and I came across uh, the 2013 Most Trusted Brands, Australian Brands. Mm. Have a guess. The most iconic Australian brand, what would you guess be? According to um, Reader's Digest readers, of course. Well, you'd have to go to VB, wouldn't you? <laughs> That's you and me. <laughs> I go Reader's Digest. Oh. Yeah, Reader's Digest. Uh, Betty Crockett? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, oh, you probably would never get it because I certainly didn't think of it. The Hills Hoist or Hills, the Hills Company. Most really? iconic Australian brand. There you go. Beat out Dick that, Smith and Vegemite. Yeah, well, see, Dick Smith, I could understand because he's kind of... Typically Australian, and he's but are still, they not even? They're not even Australian owned anymore, are they not? I don't know, but they promote themselves with the Australian flag, and True. he's seen as being a good Aussie and stuff. And Vegemite's iconically, no doubt, one of our best brands of all time. But Hills Horse, I can't even imagine there are still houses with those things still standing in them, with all the development and changes of flats, and that's that really surprises me. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Who Maybe else it's on the list? Just um, well, it gets broken down by category. Um, there's some obvious ones: banks, the Commonwealth, followed by ANZ and NAB. Bread, interestingly, um, your tip tops and all that sort of stuff. Don't even Rachel mention Baker's wow. Delight. Take out the the gong, followed by Helgers and Brumbies. So hmm. the two, you know, bake and sell sort of bakeries are um, are way up there. Do obviously doing a good job with their marketing. 
Cheers, if you were tip top, you'd be doing a bit of uh, navel gazing, wouldn't you? You'd be asking yes. the question there, wouldn't you? <laughs> mm, uh, mm. Cars, yeah. uh, interestingly, not even an Australian car makes an entrance. Toyota, BMW, and Mercedes in that order. One, two, three. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Toyota doesn't surprise me. That that, that makes make, that makes good sense. And I guess yeah, it's, that's we might. Um, we might revisit that list in further shows because I think there's um, there's some really interesting. In fact, why don't we try and get somebody on from the ad, ad industry and try and um, interview them on this list? Well, I've got a mate uh, who's a creative director at one of the big agencies. Maybe we should give yep. him a buzz. Yep, get him in. That'd be good. We should get okay. into it, mate. Yeah, we should. The Mojo Radio Show. So, our guest today is a former elite middle distance runner and he studied exercise physiology and sports coaching. Now, he has worked with Olympians, the Swannies, uh, the Australian cricket team, Pretty impressive lineup, don't you reckon, mate? That's not bad at all. Um, maybe you could ask him for me if he can pop by Pennant Hills Oval on Thursday night at six o'clock for the Beecroft Cherrybrook Junior Rugby Club for the under 11s <laughs> training session. He might have a few words of advice. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you could pop by the Voodoo Studios, but uh, <laughs> I reckon you'll need more than five minutes work on yes, that one. That, I think uh, so. that, that's a dog that won't hunt. Um, <laughs> And uh, this guy is recognised as an expert in performance and productivity, which is why I thought he'd be such a great guest to get on. Today, he runs the Performance Clinic. He's the CEO and works with, get this, people like Telstra, SAP, Lend-Lease, the CBA, Suncorp, Mervac, Richard Ellis, mate, just to drop a few names. Uh, Andrew May, welcome to the Mojo Radio Show, mate. Thank you very much, gentlemen. I don't have a tiger skin lounge. I'm feeling very put out. I'm talking about high Maisie, 200 bucks and it's yours, mate. Done, Robbo. Yeah, I need to, we'll put it in our clinic in Clarence Street so people can come and sit on the tiger. Sounds great. Just don't mention the stains. <laughs> Isn't that gold a high-performance couch? I love that. Mate, um, Maisie, you've got a very impressive resume going back sort of your time with the Olympians and all that sort of stuff. And today I know you work with some of the, the best CEOs in the country. Um, what, what started this thing for you specialising in performance and productivity? What, what, what started you off with that? Well, if you want me to give you a, a high-level answer and make it sound really impressive, but do you want me to give yeah. you the, the authentic answer with what really happened? We'll go for, go for part B. You know, sometimes people say, I had this elaborate plan, Bertie, and it was all mapped out. Like, really, there, there was no elaborate plan. It just evolved. So um, I, I was a runner um, because I, I wasn't great at uh, catching balls. So I found in football, I went from inside centre to outside centre to wing to fullback to on the bench. So running shows me as a sport. My coach at the time, this is back uh, when I was in my early 20s, uh, John was uh, moved to Hobart, the AIS decentralised, and they put a coach in each capital city. So a bunch of us moved down Hobart and, and specialised in running. So my, my goal was to go to the Olympics and was also to represent Australia uh, in track and field, and I, I didn't get any of those goals. That's pretty motivating, isn't it? <laughs> in the high performance life. <laughs> we'll bring an expert, but uh, <laughs> I, I found as a, a runner, um, obviously not getting paid for it, I had to supplement my income. So back in Hobart in those days, it's probably not politically correct, but it's what I did. I, I used to take fat blokes for walks, and they used to pay me. Uh, I think now it's called personal training. It's evolved a lot. Um, it's a whole career. So the, the, the fat blokes that I walked lost weight, and through personal training, I then got into corporate health. So. I understood a lot about physiology and that if you look after yourself, you then get healthier. So we started to put the piece together with physiology and then productivity. Uh, then um, I, I got an opportunity to work with New South Wales cricket team and, and did some work with David Nissen, who was at the Sydney Swans. 
Um, and, and, and Miso and Matt Cameron and Nathan Gibbs, the doctor, were really pioneering AFL and sports science at that time. It was as much about recovery as it was about training and performance and fitness. So I added a third piece to the mix. It was about physiology and, and about productivity and then about recovery. Uh, then I um, got worked for the Australian cricket team, uh, travelled the world, which is amazing. Um, so it was sort of evolving that I was understanding a, a, a holistic approach to performance. And then, Bertie, I started working in the corporate market and I uh, found as a uh, person who'd been in sport, I was a good sport teller, not really a sports coach, because in sport, especially with high-level athletes, it's more about telling them what to do and setting an agenda. I wasn't the best having coaching conversations, so I went back to uni and did a master's in coaching psychology, and that was like the missing piece for me, which was psychology. So over 15 years, it evolved that high performance is physiology, the way you eat and move, Productivity, the way you work, recovery, the way you balance stress, and psychology, the way you think. So, the, I, at the time, I didn't realise each piece was adding, but now I can look back and go the holistic approach is really what took me fifteen years to crack. Gee, that's um, that's really interesting, mate. Because if you you would think looking at most corporate executives. Um, if you went through those four pieces, there'd be some holes in it, wouldn't there? I mean, that, that, you must be noticing right now that some of these guys in business, you know, leaders, whether it be men or women, must be having some holes in their, um, in that quadrant. Oh, massive gaps, massive gaps. But in, um, I think most executive development, especially, we, we specialise in executive work and we, we do we do do work and consulting across entire businesses at all different levels, but really our specialist area is executive performance. Um, and, and executive development is, is really about psychological training. So it's about leadership work and, you know, looking at capability and let's look at emotional intelligence and look at all these other skills which are important. But it's almost like that they leave the health and well-being and they leave the stress recovery piece and they even leave some of the basics on productivity on the shelf thinking they have to develop all this technical stuff. But from, from our mm. end, if you don't have those basics, the building blocks, one of our clients at Telstra was saying that what we are for them is the building blocks of the body and the brain so then they can get on with business. Wow, that's nice. So uh, what are you seeing as the biggest trends right now, May? So with that in mind and the four quadrants, which I think is absolutely gold for people to, to think about, what, what, what are the biggest trends you're seeing in the corporate world right now? Uh, without doubt, if you've got any spare money, go buy a stock called Mindfulness. Um, <laughs> I've had meetings the last, I think about every meeting I've had in the last year, if, it's, if, if I don't use the word mindfulness, it's about being more attentive or about being more yeah. focused or being able to have sharper decision-making. So Bertie, I think that's the hot stock, is being able to be more attentive. But I think that's a byproduct of, for many people, the way we're working just isn't working because we're trying to you know, multitask and there's so much technology and there's, are you on Twitter, are you on LinkedIn, are you on Facebook, are you doing email, are you doing Yammer, are you doing internal memo? There's more and more ways to distract each other. So I find a lot of people are paid really good money and then they, they don't do their job description. They just spend a lot of their day in email, they spend a lot of time in junk mail meetings and they spend a lot of time distracting each other and they don't think, they don't strategize, they don't plan. Let's 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 get some usable practical stuff. So if you somebody walks into your office, you do your uncovery, you and let's say let's say you, you diagnose them as having a typical typical corporate symptoms what would you say as three usable practical things straight away that somebody could do, if, if it was you, that you would do in order to get your performance and productivity up? 
Jimmy, put me on the spot, um, but um, the, the typical corporate diagnosis would be that people um, are not spending enough time thinking and coaching and planning um, because they spend too much time you know, on email and they, they don't have policies around that. Um, I, I think one of the other big ones is people tend to spend all their time setting goals for corporate uh, performance. So, you know, we have spreadsheets and KPIs and metrics and KPIs and they don't set those goals in their personal life. And, and I think the other big one is um, too much pressure and not enough recovery. So I'd, I'd say those three key things is about freeing up time from distraction, uh, then setting some goals in your personal life. And the third one is um, then making sure you spend some time recovering. So it's a simple tip. I know, Gary, this sounds really basic, but um, no, no, it's like good. turning off pop-up like turn off the pop-up email alert. Your job is not email. No one listening to this has in their job description check email from first thing in the morning to late at night and all day every mm. day. But that's what so many mm. people do. Uh, and then the next step on that would be to have a company policy. So we, we work with a lot of organisations to actually get them to have a team code or a language around uh, productivity and performance and, and simple things like making that part of business as usual, not having pop-up email alert. And, and, and Gary, it sounds pretty simple as well, mate, but rather than sending 10 emails, um, if I'm not sure on something, I pick up the phone and it actually does still make phone calls. Did you know that? It, it, we can still make calls on, on these things called a mobile phone. Really? Yeah. I know, it's crazy. Oh, the iPhone? The iPhone does that? Yeah, they tweaked it. See, I, I didn't read the manual. That's, that's something. That, I've, I've never knew that. Robbo, do you know that? Oh, well, I spend my day in dim, dark studios. I don't do any of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, brother, you're sounding like a renovator's dream, mate. We'll have, we'll have to roll you out and say, here's one we prepared earlier. That's it. There you go. And what's what's really good, Robbo, is he threw in a line before, which I never picked up on. He does work with rotund, big boned, <laughs> big boned people. So I, I'm sure that was a sales pitch from Macy, but mate, you're a chance. <laughs> I'm going to move on, Robbo. I'm going to move on from that one. Yeah, renovator's dream. <laughs> renovator's dream. I'm going to put that up on my door. So it's a, some simple tips um, on the productivity. Like the, the basic email, turn off your pop-up alert. If it's really urgent, don't have countless conversations. Talk to someone. And then also periodically get off email, get off technology and have some time to think. Now, I know we call this forced isolation. Um, mm. which is, it's almost crazy, isn't it? My dad cannot understand that I get paid really good money to tell smart people to actually get away from distraction and think and, you know, plan <laughs> and strategize, you know? <laughs> so we, we call it forced, iso- forced isolation or FI, and um, I find a lot of execs we work with have NFI, but they have no forced isolation. Mm, and you can see, nice. you can laugh them out But it's, it's true that uh, we just are not building in that time to think. Amazing. Give me an example. Give me. Sorry, go on, Robert. I was just going to say, if you want forced isolation, just send them to a recording studio for a day. <laughs> Sit in this dark room look, with a couple of buttons in front of you. But, but Robert, imagine how would you work if you were like multitasking, doing a, a word document, doing an Excel spreadsheet, and then trying to be in the recording studio, working at a high level. So. When we think about it, like there's periods during the day where it's okay to be connected and on the grid, but there's going to be periods during the day and week where we get off and, and, and I go back to old school and just do what we're meant to do. But most people nowadays, and, and Bertie, most of your target market are knowledge workers, so they're meant to work mm. with the knowledge and that's the brain. Mm. It's interesting because mm. I, I don't even have email in the studio when I'm working because you just want to focus on the job at hand. Which is good. So, so, guys, that's that the first tips on productivity. And we go to the second group, which is more around the, the whole goal setting in your life. 
Again, really simple tips, but if you don't do it, it doesn't tend to happen. But uh, putting permanent bookings in your diary, not just for work, but for stuff in your personal life. So it could be for parents picking up the kids from school. It could be a date night. It could be putting in physical activity. Uh, it could be booking in a massage or time on the weekend to go to a, a museum or an art gallery. It's, it's putting important things in your diary that give you that passion and purpose in your personal life. And when people start to do that and use the same skills that they have in the corporate world, they tend to be able to self-regulate better. Why don't people have the same discipline for the stuff that's personal? Because if, 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 if another appointment comes in, they'll bone their personal stuff yeah. in order for a business meeting because it's seemingly more important, Maisie. Why, why are we doing that? And have you examples of how people have gotten around that and found the... And our courage, guts, bravery, importance to not do it? It's a million-dollar question, isn't it? And if you look at the, uh, the psychological data, first of all, we know that only 30% of people have the ability to self-regulate. So in other words, only 30% of people have the, the skill set to really be disciplined and stick to a lot of their, their own behaviours without external help or support. So that's the first thing. Human beings are not wired to self-regulate, or most of us aren't. Uh, I think the second thing is we talk about willpower, and I often explain, you know, willpower or desire to change is like bandwidth, and, and we can only do a certain amount of things at once, and I think people yeah. uh, spend so much of their willpower, or they, they clog the bandwidth with work, so by the time they get home, they're tired, they're fatigued, they're, they've burned up all the energy they've got, and when we, we actually measure this, as you've seen, Bertie, like we put a heart rate monitor on our clients mm. for two days, and we can then track in a 24-hour period what percentage of day are they in sympathetic nervous system or stress and what percentage in parasympathetic or recovery. So we see with a lot of people, again, working, it's just, okay, 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 email, email, meeting, 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 buzz, buzz, buzz. By the time they get home, they're physically stuffed. So they, they don't have that capacity, they don't have that energy to do other stuff in their life as well. And I think the, the final um, answer from my end is, People just don't plan it. They just they don't sit down and think about how am I going to plan my personal life like I do with the corporate life because in your personal life you don't get paid and you don't have a performance review every sort of yeah. three months. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you can sort of just go along and not do it and, and, and you disappear into the ether. That's, so that's so. One of the key points of difference, I guess, because people would listen to this and many may have heard it before, but never done anything about it. And hopefully this will kickstart some change. But what's different about the way you approach it, Maisie, is that you've got real science behind this because you've got guys wearing a heart rate monitor. It's not theory. It's not just suggestions based on what is written in books. You've got hard, cold data. So if you're working one-on-one with an executive, the, the numbers don't lie when somebody's wearing a heart rate monitor. That surely must be... The science part must be really what separates you from the rest and means the stuff you're talking about is fact, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and, and science can go one of two ways. You can sort of put science in front of people and, and if it's too heavy, the fog rolls in and they go, yeah, yeah. my God, what's fun of it? But if you yeah. use science to build a case, which is what we try and do, to build a case to show that there is another way. And, yeah, when you show an executive or you show a worker at any level, look, um, you spend... 70% of your day in sympathetic nervous system or stress and only 15% in recovery or parasympathetic, that builds a really strong case that they're not working in a sustainable manner. Um, the other thing we do with science is we use biological age around health and well-being, and, and we have. And we've been doing this now for about six or seven years. So we, we can guarantee an organisation, when we do an executive program, the number's 1, 3, 6, 25, and, and science allows us to do that. 
So after working with a corporate group for three months, we can guarantee that each person will have one hour less uh, physiological stress per day. We can guarantee that each mm. person can decrease their biological age by three years. We can guarantee that each person will free up capacity and have another six hours to work each week. And we can guarantee that they can improve their vagal tone or that stress threshold, the ability to switch between stress and recovery, by 25%. So it's one, three, six, twenty-five. So we, we find when we give people the science and that compelling offer, um, it, it is an enticing way to approach holistic performance. Mm. Now, um, I've got a couple of questions before you go, before we get into rapid fire. But if you were a leader in today's business world and you wanted to optimise the performance for your team, what words of advice or what would you do if you were that leader to increase in, in, in the next 30 days, uh, lead, lead a renaissance to get more productivity, more performance and, and a more productive team? What would you do? It's hard for me to answer that without it sounding like cash for comments. You know, um, to UE in the old days, I had to ring the bell. <laughs> they're promoting a product they're aligned with. Um, but, but for my, I had a meeting um, this morning uh, with Claude Ferry, and they were saying that one of the biggest things that they're finding with executives is, again, this whole personal performance area about how do people look after themselves. So my answer would be that, that it's, it's not just us, but we're finding a lot of the management companies a lot of the consulting companies are saying as well, how do you look after the whole person? So what I would be encouraging people to do is not to just look at the spreadsheet, but to look at the person that is driving the spreadsheet. And, and, and one of the best ways to get engagement is to make people feel better about themselves. So if you are supporting employees to be healthier, if you're supporting them to be more energetic, if you're supporting them to flourish uh, psychologically, and if, they're, if you're supporting them to be effective, um, you're going to get a lot more return. Do you have an example of someone you've worked with who would be able to give us some tangible things, not not names, but tangible things that someone has done? It's a couple of things to give people an idea of what you mean um, to do that, Maisie? Yeah, well, I'll, look, I'll give you an example. Now we're doing a lot of work with um, IAG um, and just some, some simple things that they've done is to allow people to exercise during the working hours mm. and, and not feel pressured by that. Um, and and like, sort of research says this, but we know from doing this, because, you know, you can, you can sometimes retrace bit research to fit your story, but mm. when you see actually people who are given the opportunity to, opportunity to exercise at work, but then when they lose weight or they feel fitter or they feel more energetic, and then they go, like, this is like, exercise has been around for a while, right? It's not new. <laughs> but when you give people that permission, they work a lot harder. And they're a lot more effective. So it's 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 crazy, really, that I think that companies don't support their people to be healthier. And and, and we hear some people go, oh, you know, their their time, they've got to look after their own health and well-being. Well, the, the boundaries now between work and, and life have blurred more than ever before. So I think proactive employees, one, they get that, and two, they give their people skills, but also the space in the workforce to actually be supported around developing the whole person. Um, mm -hmm. Other things that have done at IAG... <clears throat> Is, um, they've done mindfulness programs where they've taught people how to relax. So they've given people permission to work in forced isolation to say, look, part of BAU, part of business as usual here, is we need you to think, we need you to have time out. Um, they've, they've given people permission to get off email. They've given people permission to start and finish a meeting on time. And, and if the meeting gets to a time where it's meant to finish, you have permission without you know, fear of being jumped on to, to say, hey, we've got over time. I've got to get to my next meeting. So they're, they're really simple things, Bertie. But when you empower people with those, mm. it makes a big shift in the organisation. 
I think the thing that I heard in there that's that's gold, Maisie, if you're a leader, is it's not just the allowing people to do it, but it's making sure they feel good doing it. You know, the exercise during the day, most people are leaving, leaving to go to a, their child's soccer game or to go into a, a PNC meeting, whatever it may be. The issue is the pressure people place on themselves because if they leave and everybody else is not leaving, they feel really bad about that. So most people just say, well, it's easier not to do it um, because of all the guilt that I feel. But if a, if a leader in a business can truly be into this and make it part of the culture, recruit on it, reward it, speak highly of it, and also the leaders do it, that, that surely must make a difference, doesn't it? Oh, it makes a huge difference in trust as well because trust uh, starts from what the leader does the moment that they walk into the office. Um, and then, and then I, I see this, I'm sure you guys do as well, it's, it's sort of trendy now to say that we've mm. got flexible workplace policies or we, we support work-life balance. Uh, I, I definitely won't mention the name, but a Japanese company that I'm doing a bit of work with at the moment um, has got us in to help them with work-life balance. And the only day that they would get permission to run our one-day personal best workshop is on a Saturday. That sort of of sends a message to me that um, this company's sort of full of shit (laughs) while they're saying this. And then as we've started working with them, it's it's, it's really interesting that there's no trust. There's this whole guard that people are worried about. Where is our result going? We've never had as many people ask about the confidentiality clauses in the program as we had with this company because they're micromanage. Wow. That says, it says a lot, doesn't it? It sends it right, right down the pipe. Mate, um, we're going to uh, do a couple of quick things before we, uh, we let you roll. Just tell me something. In terms of um, what, I, what I really admire, there's a lot of things I admire about you, Maisie, but one thing I really admire is that you walk the talk. Do you have any non-negotiable rituals that you follow in terms of you personally being able to walk the talk of what you talk to other corporates about? Yeah, mate, for me, recovery is a big one. And, you know, before you said, like, one of the key areas when I said it was the, you know, the distraction and focusing on the productivity and then focusing on setting goals in your personal life. And I didn't really talk much about the third part, which is the recovery piece and then managing mm-hmm. stress. But for me, rituals I have is I, I routinely, every year I have five weeks off. I have a summer break, at least five weeks. Um, it's a good time because, you know, um, I do, like you, Gary, part of my business is keynotes and not a lot of yep. companies have conferences in January, so it's a good time to have it off. But I find as well, if I don't, I, I'm the guy up on the stage talking about, you know, from, from my end, it's about recharge and be fresh and, in, in your words, happy mojo. If mm. I don't do that, I've got no mojo. And, and I think it's pretty hard, isn't it, to teach what we do if you, if you don't have that spark. So recovery for me is a big one, taking that, that annual holiday every year. Mm, mm. making sure every couple of months I have a mini break so I just had three days off last week um, went up to the coast um, with my family my mum and dad are up at Swansea and just went up there on the lake and you know, had a bit of fitness a lot of great time with the kids and just to recharge the batteries and for me as well it's making sure I get sleep in and if I go through a really busy phase because like all your listeners um, we all go through periods where life's crazy where it's yeah. a bit busier than normal and I find now if it's a a period where we're doing lots of programs and consulting and there's conferences and keynotes on top of that, I focus on recovery. So to me, that's mm. even if it's just 15 minutes during the day to have like a, a micro break of mindfulness to sit down and just breathe or to sit down in the park and I don't know, just look at people walk by or to just, you know, have 10 minutes where I just sit and, and zonk, technical word, but just sit and allow my brain to slow down. 
Mm. And sleep is a big one I find as I mature and get older, um, making sure I get quality sleep. And there's a real ritual around that, which we've spoken about before, but you know, not mm. having TV, mobile, laptop, um, Facebook on in that window 30 to 45 minutes before going to bed. Mm, that's good. It's in, it's interesting, Robbo, having um, worked on the road with doing gigs with Maisie, he absolutely walks the talk. I've, I've actually done stuff. We've done a morning session and then he's ducked off at lunchtime and gone for a swim in the pool and come back again do the afternoon session. So um, it's nice to have somebody on the show that actually walks the talk, eh? It's it's great to see, isn't it? Because there's so many people out there, like the Japanese company that you mentioned. It's you know, It's easy to say that we do, but to actually do it is a completely different thing, isn't it? Well, I think, Robbo, that's what sport teaches you. It's just if, if you do the right behaviours enough, it becomes habit or it becomes a higher order, mm. we call a ritual. And um, mm. I think the key is to just do the right things over and over so you do it without thinking about it. It's interesting, mm. isn't it? I, I played some grade rugby years ago when I was younger and, you know, we trained on a Tuesday and a Thursday night and we thought we trained pretty hard and we trained well, but... I went out, I'm a bit of a Waratahs fan, obviously, and went to a Waratahs training session last week. And you watch the way they train and they do so much more in a similar amount of time, a different level granted, but just the, the way things have changed and evolved that, you know, if you turn that around into your personal life, there's obviously a better way of doing things now than there used to be as well. I guess that's the, the sort of message, isn't it? Yeah, that's one of the big things I got from sport, Rob, I was... Um to like play hard or train hard, but recover even harder. Mm. But uh, in sport, you'll find they'll start recovering the moment they finish a game, the moment they finish a training session, they're getting ready for the next session. Mm. That's a totally different mindset. Mm. So if corporates can think about that, how do I get ready for my big presentation tomorrow or next week? Mm. Well, going out and getting on the cans and, and having a night until 1am, like now, every now and then off the record, that's called a blowout and that's called being a human being. Mm. But if a blowout starts to become a habit, it's like the guys in the Qantas lounge who, they think it's Sizzler and you know they go up and they, they eat all the parties and they, they stick their snout in the trough and they suck up all the crown lagers and <laughs> I, I say to some of my clients look share them with the other kids they're not all yours yeah <laughs> so that, that becomes a habit to you know, get on the on the fig and, 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 and eat too much as much as it is a habit about yeah. you know, going for a swim or getting some of these strategies into your life you know, you know when you go to the airport Maisie and there's that guy that's sitting at the greasy takeaway downstairs there yeah, you know, with a chocolate milkshake and a hamburger. Yeah. That's me. I've got renovated three, mate. I can't afford the Qantas lounge. <laughs> hey, you're selling yourself up, Robbo. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Robbo, you're talking yourself down. No, nah, mate. He, uh, he used to play. He's a pretty, pretty handy rugby player in his day. Don't worry about that. Mate, um, we're going to let you go. Maze, before we go, we've got a couple of uh, rapid-fire questions for you. First question, what's your first thing? As soon as you wake up, what do you do? I try to exercise. Good. Because um, I find if I don't exercise in the morning, I'm the guy that I talk about it. And, um, you know, during the day, you get busy, stuff gets pushed out. You've got kids as well, you get home. You, like, I find if I don't do it on the morning, it's harder yeah. to get it in. And it's mind over mattress, and it's much easier yeah. to get the mind over mattress first thing in the morning. That's nice. Do you have a uh, an Andrew May personal mantra? Uh, I do, actually. Um, it's sort of something that I've had for a number of years. It's, um, it, it's all really around the whole on-off concept. It's, it's on when you have to and off when you can. So that is when you're working, uh, be focused, uh, look at what you're doing, try and spend most of your time doing what you do best or what you're meant to do. And then when you're mm. not at work, um, switch off, you know, recharge, relax, have time out. So on when you have to, off when you can. So, um, mate, being uh, in the Voodoo studio, Robbo's work with some of the biggest names in rock in the country, um, do, you, do you have a go-to song that gets your mojo working? 
Yeah, I do. I don't know whether I can actually admit this, but um, mine is Locomotion by Kylie Minogue. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can edit that. Hey, Robert, we can take that out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> This yeah, show's yeah. got credibility. <laughs> this, is a rock, this is a rock show. No. <laughs> Did, didn't you say The Doors, Riders on the Storm or something like that? <laughs> yeah. And, and if you two didn't laugh at that, I would have just cancelled the interview now. But, no, honestly, I don't know where that came from. Sorry. I, I think it's because she did the closing ceremony at the Com game. She must have been on the tip of my tongue. Um, right. My, my, I've got a couple. <laughs> Yep. What are they? The, um, the one that I, I like is, um, in fact, if I'm doing a big keynote, I love Robbie Williams' Let Me Entertain You. Yeah, good track. It That's can't go past that. Me, but, you know, just gets you pumping. And then I've got my Powder Finger songs and ACDC and a lot of my bogan 80s rock as well. But if I gave you one, would be Robbie Williams' Let Me Entertain You. That's gold. And uh, is there a scene from a movie that sometimes we all go through it. You know we do. We talked about it already in the, in the program today. But just sometimes we just your mojo's not just working. Do you have a go-to movie that you've watched more than 10 times as a scene from a movie that helps you get yourself back up again and get your mojo working? Uh, I don't know if it's a scene, but um, the first movie I've watched more than any others is Dumb and Dumber. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that links into our interview, so um, I'll think of a better movie. The, the movie uh, that I, I do really like is um, Rudy, which is a story about Rudy Rudiger, who was a guy who went to Notre Dame University, really had not much talent um, to play football or gridiron, and he was just the most tenacious, the most passionate, did everything he possibly could, and he ended up running on. Um, and it's, it's an amazing movie if, if you haven't seen it, Rudy. Uh, wow. Um, and I, I love that movie. I may have been known to shed a tear in that movie. Excellent. That's a good. Uh, that's a good send out. That's because uh, I'm sure a lot of us haven't seen that, and it's nice to be able to have something as a recommendation, is it, Rob? That's a good. Uh, good it call. Is. Always something new. Yeah, it's a bit off the radar. It's not like a normal chariot of fire or something, but it's a great movie. Mm, I like it. Um, so, Maisie, uh, let's finish up with your one killer tip, go-to tip for someone right now who want, who wants to finish this program. Click off their uh, click off the show and go and get their mojo working. What's the one tip to get it working? Well, the, the number one thing I would say is to look at your job description. What are you meant to do? Are you spending more of your time doing that? And from a productivity point of view, that will then show you whether you're getting distracted, whether you're you know, being pulled into other areas. But if I can give you two, I want to give you upsell. Mm. Um, <laughs> look at your energy levels. Um, and energy is the, a combination of physical activity, which fuels you. It's the, the food we eat, which gives us the energy through the day. And it's also the whole recovery piece to make sure that your body can hit the rebut, you know, recharge, reconnect, re-energize, refuel. So if I can give you two, look at your job description, number one, and, and try and spend more time doing what it says. And number two is make sure you energize yourself. Don't just burn yourself out. Yeah, it's gold. That's uh, that's beauty, mate. Thank you for uh, for giving your time to a couple of clowns like us in the studio. Um, what's next for Maisie? What's the next thing you're about to, to do? Um, just to continue to grow the business. Um, so many exciting opportunities at the moment. Um, loving what we're doing, but to continue to grow the business as well as continue to have a life. I think that's the challenge for all of us, right, is to mm. um, keep engaged and keep having success in the corporate world, but also keep the compass going in your personal life. So more of the same, a um, few little exciting things in the pipes um, to try and stretch us and grow in a few different areas, but it really it's about keeping that balance, Bernie. Good on you. Where can we find you, mate? So you've written books, you do keynote speeches, you've got the performance clinic, you've got all this stuff going on. If somebody wants to connect with you, which I'm sure they will, where do they find you? Uh, two web pages. Um, you can go to www.andrewmay.com or 
theperformanceclinic.com. So T-H-E, performanceclinic.com. Beautiful. Mate, uh, thanks again. It was really nice uh, catching up. And there's so many great nuggets in here that I'm sure people can take away. Um, so, uh, Robert, anything else to uh, add, buddy? No, no, Maisie, just um, six o'clock Thursday night, Pennant Hills Oval. <laughs> Mate, I'll be there. Skills training. Robert, can't wait. <laughs> Mate, we're, we're working on the clean out this week. We're, we're working on the clean out this week, and I don't mean the mental one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you there, Robo. Talk to me offline. Terrific. Thanks, guys. I really enjoyed today. I think it's a great concept as well. I love the the idea of the Mojo Radio Show. Thanks, buddy. We uh, we loved having you. We'll uh, we'll catch up soon. See you, man. Bye, Alex. Bye, bye. Getting your mojo working. This is the Mojo Radio Show. What a great guy. <laughs> he was good, wasn't he? He's good value. He knows his stuff. He does know his stuff, and I think the uh, the listeners will find that although. The stuff he talks about is rather simple. The power comes in taking those simple things and doing them. So I like the fact that they, all the tips he gave are stuff you can walk away and do. Yes. Yeah, but you can do it. You can start tomorrow, can't you? Yeah, and I also like the fact that he's going to come down to training. <laughs> what a, that, I, the boys will love it. You are going to be a superhero down there with the people you know. It'll be on for young and old. So are you going to hit up every every guest interview we have? You're going to hit them up to come down to training? Uh, I, can, can I just say, on a personal level, my fellas uh, play in the A-grade Sydney under-11 rugby union competition. They They're not by any means a, a, a Wallabies side but I tell you what they get in there and they give their all every week and that's the reason that they're in A grade is because they work well I mean there's a lesson in that they work hard as a team and when they play well they play really well when they play bad they play really bad <laughs> <laughs> but the nice thing is I think our show is going to have people on that the listeners can listen to and apply to an under 11 Rugby team? Yes. To a Fortune 500 company? Absolutely. Or to a young startup, you know, in all parts of their life from work and mm. the spiritual side and creativity. So I, I kind of like that. I thought Maisie was great. That's right. And, and isn't that what we thought about, what we wanted to do with this show from the very beginning was it's not just about your business life. It's about implementing all this stuff in your personal life as well and how you can change your situation or your, you know, your approach to things. Well, that's right. If, if, if your mojo is not working in your personal life, it's going to, be going to suffer in your business life. So mm-hmm. um, I think our goal is to, to have people we can talk to right across the spectrum. But we should probably um, – is there anything else we need to cover off before we uh, wrap up, my friend? Well, you were telling me about a book that you've been reading. So maybe we should do this. The Mojo Pages. Good idea. I have got a book for this week. I um, This week I wrote, I read the, the book on Johnny Ive. Now, Johnny Ive was the creative genius behind many of the great Apple products. Um, the book is by Leander Carney, I think it's pronounced, K-A-H-N-E-Y. You'll find it on Amazon. Um, the book is called Johnny Ive, The Genius Behind Apple's Greatest Products. I liked the book because it gave a good insight into Johnny's background, uh, how he came to be who he was, and how he ended up getting to Apple was quite interesting as well. Um, so, so to clarify, are we saying that Steve Jobs didn't have a hand, or is this just someone else who was sort of right-hand man or something like that? Well, that's what the book follows. It shows the journey of, of Johnny Ive coming in specifically as an industrial designer because he was a whiz kid designer even as a young 
cadet. And that's it, a good question because the book shows how he went from just being a designer and Apple being typically as a computer company product-led to Johnny Ive getting more and more power within the company and the company henceforth becoming more design-led. So the design studio that Johnny ended up leading were the ones who basically led the whole company based on the design, how things would look beautiful, how they would solve people's problems better, then they'd work out what products would go inside it in order to make it work. So the book delves into that and, and not just a design book, but it also shows how that power change happened inside Apple and basically Jobs found Johnny Ive and empowered him and by the time Jobs left the, left our world, um, essentially he and Johnny were running the business and he had ultimate power. So, And even today, um, I think, although Tim Cook is the man in charge, nobody can tell Johnny what to do. So it, it's I would recommend it as a read if you're interested in design, uh, brand strategy, uh, if you love our Apple products, and particularly if you share Johnny's philosophy, as, as well also Jobs' philosophy of simplicity and focus. If those two things resonate with you, then I think you'll um, I think you'll enjoy the book. I I, I, I liked it. Okay, can I borrow it? <laughs> I'll read it to you. You read it to me. <laughs> Give it back to me, or you don't get your iPhone back. Yeah, you exactly. <laughs> so um, I reckon that might be the show for this week, buddy. Do it. Okay. So uh, what are we going to do next week then? Who have you got lined well, up? I, yeah, well, I will. Um, I would like to get somebody on from the ad industry because I think the story we had at the top of the show about trusted brands is interesting. Um, I also saw some material today saying that Woolworths are bringing back the fresh food people jingle, which really, to my mind is no surprise. It's back. Have you seen the yeah, TV ad? Yeah. It's actually a nice version of the jingle. I wish I'd recorded that. Mm. And they're doing lots of other things too at the moment. Um, something I'm actually working on um, for Woolworths through uh, their agency um, is all the Jamie's Table stuff, um, yeah. which is sort of Jamie's initiative with Woolworths to sort of make us all think about what we're eating, which I think is a nice thing mm. too. So I think if we can uh, track down somebody, and no, I don't have anybody yet, but we will. Well, if we can track down somebody from the ad industry, be good, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, I can probably save you some effort there. I, I know a couple of people that I can put a phone call into, so let's let's see who we can get hold of. But I, I reckon that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, a couple of big guys in the big agencies would be, uh, be a very interesting conversation about marketing and brand and how it affects our food choices and... Um, yeah, I think there's a lot in that for, for for marketing, brand, and in fact, entrepreneurs at all levels of business. All right, I'll put my thinking cap on and uh, see who can come up with for next week then. Sounds good. Look forward to it. See you, folks. See you, guys. The Mojo Radio Show is produced and recorded in the studios of Voodoo Sound. For more tips and tools to get your mojo working, check us out on Facebook at The Mojo Radio Show or online at themojoradioshow.com. For more about Gary, see GaryBurtWhistle.com or to polish your next audio or video production, check out VoodooSound.com.au and for the right voice, RealTimeCasting.com. Andrew Peter speaking. See you next time.